0: Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be talking about the new moon in the first decan of Pisces. I am joined here by my good friend and partner, (laughs) friends with benefits,
1: (laughs) Tanya Andrews. You might even say we're like besties. Besties. (laughs) Best friends. (laughs) Hey, everybody.
0: So we're going to try to get get through this without too many uh, inside jokes. Uh, Tanya's uh, here from inside the house in a separate room so <laughs> we're gonna be a little silly today but welcome all of you we're gonna we're gonna talk uh you know new moon in pisces first second pisces we're gonna talk astrological magic today we're gonna talk about jupiter we're gonna talk about david bowie the labyrinth the matrix all of these <laughs> interesting things so buckle in for a few hours and let's uh, go on a journey together uh, Tanya, before we introduce you, I'm going to welcome a few friends into the chat. Sound good? Oh, for sure. Yeah, okay, lots we've... of
1: friendly, familiar names. And yeah,
0: in there. I, lo- I love this community that we're building here today. Uh, Rachel Fletcher is joining us from Roanoke, Virginia. Hello, friend. Uh, Raven Gray is here from Kansas. Hello, Raven. Creating Harmony is here from, uh, I think that's Khadijah, here from Louisiana. Uh, Elizabeth Roth Roth is here, said, just watched your Tarot and the Stars class on Nightlight Astrology. Loved it. All right. Well, thank you, Elizabeth, and and welcome. I know we're going to have some first timers here today, so uh, we we try to keep things a little casual here. So uh, any questions that you have, just put them in the chat box. If you have uh, comments, I love reading your comments. And it's just one one nice get together that we have going on. So welcome, Elizabeth. Uh Katrina is here from Queens, New York. katrina is another name I'm recognizing from the webinar, I think. Um, so yeah, I recently did a webinar for nightlight astrology, Tanya. And I you know this. I was there, I was there. <laughs> it was really was right. good. <laughs> uh, you know, it's talking about how to use tarot as a storytelling device for mm-hmm. um, astrology. And that talk is still up. At night lay astrology until sunday and then it will be in my store so if you want to catch that for free for the next couple of days you can otherwise you can purchase it along with the slides um at my store at spencermichaud.com. so we went about two and a half three hours really went into depth with it and i think it was a i think it was a really fun talk and we had really some nice questions and whatnot and if i haven't answered your questions yet if you sent me an email i'm, I'm getting getting to it i mean getting through a backlog of stuff so uh, we have a few more friends, Tanya Sandgrape. Thomas is here from Kentucky. Hello, friend. Uh, Lynn is joining us from Vermont. Hello, Lynn McMillan. Uh, Taria is here from Finland. And Laura is here from Vancouver, Washington. Very cool. Well, thank you, friends, for joining us here today. And um, it is so exciting to see all of you and to be able to share with you today. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you, if you are unfamiliar, my beautiful partner in crime here today. This is Tanya Tanya Andrews. Tanya, why don't you tell the folks that don't know you a little bit about yourself and some of your interests?
1: Yeah, um, I am kind of a magical type from the way back. Um, I've been practicing conjure for, oh, my gosh, like 20 years now. maybe a little bit longer. Um, So I've done a lot of kind of things with root work, which is the African-American folk magic tradition. And I recently started incorporating um, astrological magic and elections in several years ago as that all kind of like started to really bubble up and become something that was more accessible to people. So I love working with that. I've loved astrology like forever. I'm like, an OG with astrology, you know, from like high school, because we all had that like Linda Goodman's like love science book. And anytime there was a, a guy or a gal that you wanted to know more about, because you were like, oh, like you know, you were just like trying to compare like only your sun science. And it was so limited and terrible. Um, so I love kind of all the ways that astrology just keeps expanding in terms of the ways that you can learn about yourself and other people and just really kind of connect these different facets of kind of who you are. And kind of the information that continues to come out about it is just really, really exciting to me. Um, so those are some things that I'm really passionate about. I also like foraging for mushrooms and scampering through the underbrush. Um, I'm also a very enthusiastic uh, cook. And oh, so yes. I use a lot of magical I'm the, I'm the, I'm the
0: main beneficiary of that. You
1: who <laughs> are. It's, it's, we got the Taurus Tor- the moon food love connection yeah. uh, going strong. Yeah, so, so that's so something tell that people, I really tell people love your too. sun, moon,
0: rising here. So, oh,
1: but my big three, yeah, <laughs> Sagittarius, sun, don't hate, <laughs> Capricorn rising, and Taurus moon.
0: Yes, we, we definitely connect with the Taurus moon, mm-hmm. uh, scampering through the woods, eating delicious food.
1: Uh, that's right, you know, mm-hmm.
0: being comfortable, watching some good, good, uh, you know. TV and movies and things like that
1: little little fantasy movie fandom which we'll probably talk a little bit about today as we kind of go into the whole Pisces effect
0: for sure for sure and you have a a very interesting astrological uh, based and magic and hoodoo based business that you've been working Mm -hmm. very hard at and expanding can you tell us a little bit more about your your business
1: yeah, my, my hobby of astrological magic and conjure kind of merging together just got out of control. And so I turned it into a business. <laughs> it's called Third Coast Mojo. And there I have an assortment of astrologically elected um, products, including oils, herb blends, powders, baths. And so I have things for different astrological elections, um, Jupiter in Pisces, Venus in Taurus, Venus in Libra. Um, I've got some Mars and Scorpio things and a few kind of other things in there. So if people are interested in kind of like, you know, connecting with that magic, I love to ha- encourage people to do things themselves. But if you can't, then store bought is fine and I have a store.
0: <laughs> so where can we find this this fabulous store of yours, Tanya?
1: <laughs> thirdcoastmojo.com.
0: Okay. So we've got thirdcoastmojo.com. We have third coast mojo on Etsy. Uh, do you have mm-hmm. anything new in the works, my friend?
1: I do. Um I decided to start offering custom blends um, because I'm getting people who are asking about different ways to work with me um, or they want something that's like not quite in the shop. And so I wanted to create an option for people to kind of put in their info and tell me what they want, give me their birth chart, and I'll make them a special little custom blend like this. So it'll come in this nice, big, beautiful gem cut jar, and I will have kind of a, we'll go, we can go back and forth a little bit and I'll do a custom blend for people. And that is something that just came up on my shop today. I'm very excited to start working directly with people to kind of connect them with these magical goodies. I love
0: that. I love the customization of something like that. I've been the beneficiary of getting to test out Tanya's uh, wonderful oils Uh, firsthand right off fresh off of the off the altar (laughs)
1: that's that's right that's right we're my you're my best test subject you're my my lucky guinea pig
0: (laughs) so i'm slathering in all of these right now uh you know i've got some stuff from from you i've got some stuff from sphere and sundry i mean it's it's good to support all these wonderful magical practitioners um you have some pisces stuff too that you've been working on right
1: Yep. Um, I did a bunch of things for Venus and Pisces back when um, Venus and Jupiter were there together, which was just this really beautiful, beautiful aspect. And I I loved it because it's so great to be able to have the the planet in exaltation and have the Lord of that domain also just doing really hot and having them kind of aspecting each other. So it's like they're, they're together, they're synergizing. It just creates this really ideal magical condition. And I'm just loving how well the things that I made are working with that. I made um, a Venus, like kind of a straight Venus in Pisces at that election. And I also made a batch of my come to me oil, which is kind of a classic conjure formulation that's designed to kind of be really manifestation oriented. It can be used to kind of like draw love to you, like to kind of like draw things to you that you're looking for, to kind of just open you to possibilities, to just kind of bring bring up a lot of like that kind of self love and like be a really affirming and supportive and kind of alluring blend. And it just works so good, <laughs> it's so good. It that. does. It does I mean, work. Some Pisces, like, Did I, you, can you tell people about your yeah yeah your yeah. Plan?
0: I, I entered a, a tarot deck giveaway um a few weeks ago and i slathered myself in tanya's so come, come to me oil and i i was one of the two winners there was like a, a hundred or so um entries and um i just feel so very fortunate to have won that deck it's a really cool deck um, i believe that the the user or the user created kickstarter is urania press um i, mm-hmm. I believe her name is Natisha. oh my goodness I'm, I'm forgetting her last name but she creates these wonderful tarot decks, um, Urania Press on on Instagram. So follow her. Check it out. Uh, she has this deck coming out that has constellations, and it's like a reprint of an ancient, like a, a more, uh, I don't know what is it. I, w- I was going to say an ancient deck, but it's probably like 100 or, t- or 200 years old. I don't know. It's not, it's not that Vin- old. but Vintage. Vintage. There you go. That's the <laughs> word. <laughs> Thank you. For those of you that don't know, Tanya has Mercury in the first house in a mutual reception with Saturn in the ninth house. So Everything's she,
1: retrograde though. It comes and goes. <laughs> she, she has a wonder,
0: an, an, an really interesting way of, of both remembering uh, important words, but also like creating words. So if you'll hear some things that you <laughs> have never heard before in your life, it's because it, she's got that interesting mercurial. It's, thing it's either on. a
1: word that like no one uses anymore, or I made it up. <laughs> nice.
0: nice. So, so yeah, it, 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 it was, um, yeah, I was really, really pleased to to be able to be the beneficiary of that, and really excited about that deck. And um, now my mission is to to have one of these out of stock hoodie colors come to me.
1: <laughs> Man- Manifest it bring it into your life. Yeah. So that's the nice thing about that type of oil blend. Um, That kind of conjure come to me tradition is really useful for kind of bringing things to you. Um, I've also had friends and other people that I've given this oil to, and they've used it to like manifest jobs, to manifest money, to manifest, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends, things like that. So it's like, if there's something that your heart is kind of hungering for, like, it's good for kind of opening you up to it and kind of like, tweaking the possibilities that you're connecting with to help bring things to you. So it's just like, it's not like going to make him come back. Like if, if he dumped you and you're like, I think that we're going to work it out. Like, no, this isn't something that's going to like control another person's mind or, or completely subvert someone else's will, but it is going to kind of nudge things in your favor and kind of bring you good things. So, I think too, when it comes to things like love magic, and especially as we're kind of heading into this like heavily Piscean season where we're, there's just going to be this huge emphasis on Pisces, we're all going to be tempted to kind of get lost in illusions or to be like, oh, like, you know, maybe maybe things can magically be different. And there's some things where you can do things and there's some things where you can't, like, you can't just like completely bend someone to your will without doing a whole lot of other things. And that's not what this is for really, but it's like, you know, if you're in a situation where it's like, he's just not that into you, like, this isn't going to magically change it. However, you know, if someone isn't that into you, there's someone out there who is, there's someone out there who would like love to cherish you and like shower you with blessings and this is the sort of thing where it's like it's going to kind of nudge the little possibilities and kind of like send you down that side street or like have you show up at that coffee shop when that person like who could really like be that person for you might be there or when that that job opportunity right might really be there and so the thing that I love to use magic for is to kind of like like you're going to roll like a, a bigger die you know that's like you'll have that like 20 sided dice instead of like a six and so it's like it's going to just kind of change the possibilities a little bit little D flavor we've been on this show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can you tell we've been watching uh critical Locks, roles uh, the, yeah. the legend of Machina. Machina. oh my
1: yeah. god yeah but yeah so it's like you can't completely like change everything but you can change the possibilities a little bit and i feel like astrological magic and conjure and these things are really useful for kind of just giving you a few more possibilities and kind of like nudging the odds in your favor a little bit or kind of causing you to to zig when you might otherwise zag and so it sounds like
0: sounds like a magnet to me like where Mm -hmm, you can mm -hmm. magnetize to the things that are attracted to your particular pole and it Mm -hmm. it may even drive away the things that aren't really meant for you as well so i mean i think Mm -hmm. that's uh you know just a little bit of extra boost for manifestation magic i love it for sure yeah and the custom blend thing sounds like a really a really cool idea i know that that's uh you know that's something of a passion i've been watching develop within you as far as like your development of um you know understanding of of scent and of perfuming mm-hmm. and of the you know astrologically based herbs and and things of that nature
1: mm-hmm. um mm-hmm.
0: you know i think tanya is a a really great scholar when it comes to these things as well i've you know this is something that we really connect on is our shared love of being able to to dive into depth with the the history of things and and just really do things in a way that is thorough and and i don't know joyful so i'm I'm appreciating that journey that you've been going on
1: it's nice to have a partner like when i wake up at like three in the morning and i'm like hey do you think that allspice is ruled by Jupiter or Mars? <laughs> <laughs> or when it's like, like, like
0: a whole entire room of our house is like just covered in like oils and <laughs> candles and jars <laughs> and crystals. It's like we can't disturb that room. Saturn, the Saturn right. ritual is baking that's, a little bit longer. That's right. <laughs> it is.
1: It's Saturn's room
0: now. <laughs> right. Um, speaking of that, we just had a Saturn Kazemi, didn't we? We had a Saturn Kazemi
1: yesterday. Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah. Did you? You, feel How are you it?
0: feeling? I was feeling it. I was. I'm feeling a little better today. I was feeling a little like it was feeling a little heavy yesterday. I, I was mm-hmm. feeling like the. I think that with the Saturn you see the Saturn going into the heart of the Sun and the dross being burned away, and it felt like that. It felt like it was like oh, being you know, like this purification energy, um, and I feel I feel really good today. I, I do want to shout out Sphere and sundry too. I've been you're starting to use their antares oil that just released which is a spicy meatball
1: you've been been raging you've been like
0: i've been rage rage cleaning and rage organizing yes (laughs) yes
1: just like everything is extremely high energy
0: yeah so i've been you know it's very good for you know achieving a goal or being able to like you know move towards something that's important to you so you know, I think there's, there's, there's room for, for multiple um, you know, practitioners in this field, and I'd really oh, 100%. love their stuff too. So.
1: Yeah, yeah so, much, so much skill and expertise, no, nothing but love for them.
0: So, Tanya, let's mm-hmm. uh, take a look. Let's start diving into some of the astrology. Actually, actually one more little uh, sales pitch before we dive into it. For those of you who were at the webinar, Uh, Thank you so much for for attending the nightly astrology webinar. Again, you can watch that for free if you missed it until Sunday, the February the 19th. And then it is going to go into my store for purchase and you can get the slides along with the recording after that date, hopefully. Um, The other thing I wanted to say is that I made the Deccans of Pisces webinar, uh, the sale available a few days early since I knew we were going to come on here. I wanted to make sure that if you wanted to get a, a jump on the decans of Pisces that you could purchase that so there's there's a day or so left to get the the decans of Aquarius for 20% off and now you can get the decans of, of Pisces off as well those webinars. The consolidation of all all the the studying and knowledge that i've been you know, trying to cultivate and channel through these these studies for the last uh, I don't know it's almost four years now. So there's mythology, there's, there's uh, tarot, there is um, fixed stars. We talk about, uh, oh my goodness, we go over all these different myths, myth, the myths. Yes, we, we go over all these different pathways and explorations, and they're about two and a half to three hours long each. You can get deck and flashcards, dig, digital deck and flashcards to help you learn some of the correspondences with each of the decans or 10 degree sections, so check that out that's in the store also wanted to guide you to tanya's uh email list um for creators now the best thing that you can do if you want to support them is to sign up for their email list and if you're not on the spencer michaud email list you should sign up for that right now to know when we're doing live streams and classes and things like that i'm doing guided group study classes what there will be one that is going to launch in the spring for this book The flowering wand by Sophie strand we're going to be kind of looking at mythic mycelium and how myths erupt from different time and space and how they're connected over time i'm really excited about this that will be available in the coming weeks. Um, But also tanya has an email list as well, so if you want to know when new uh, oils are coming out when new uh, classes when she's going to start teaching classes sign up for that as well there's a link to that in the description of this video here um, and. That's where you can get all of the news that you need. You'll also okay. get a
1: coupon. Oh, yes, that's right. Sign you up for the a, email get, list. Get, get a get coupon. coupon. Yes. Shop. Yeah. I wanted nice. to say I've been reading uh, Sophie Strand's Substack. Sure, Her writing is, is just gorgeous. Just yeah. really, really cool. Beautiful yeah. stuff. Like that's a, that book seems like it's going to be really awesome. It reminds me a lot of my friend,
0: Stephanie Warner who is on the show uh, at a, a Gemini new moon, who's also a really incredible writer. Their styles seem to be very complimentary. Uh, yeah, both of them are really, really intelligent folks and, and able to describe things in just a really beautiful, magical way. So, mm-hmm. so support Sophie Strand, get the book, mm-hmm. um, sign up for the email list. Let's do some astrology. What do you say, folks? Woo! All right. Uh, So, yes, if you are new, make sure you hit the like button on this video, subscribe to the channel. If you want to make a material donation to the work that we're doing here today, there's a little dollar sign in the chat that's called a super chat or super sticker, or you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. Tanya, let's talk Pisces. Let's uh, first of all, big picture thoughts before we bring the chart up. What are some of your Piscean experiences?
1: I mean, really, kind of the, the cosmic oneness um just a lot of like good fortune the ocean all these kind of things i think too one of the things that i feel like pisces is another one of those signs that's often really mischaracterized in contemporary astrology because people yeah. are like oh pisces are like these soft wishy-washy people and it's like "Mm-mm. <laughs> Pis- Pisceans are very blessed and they have that like tenacity of like a spawning salmon that's like going like up against the current of the river, like, you know, right. don't underestimate Pisceans there. There's a side of them where it's like, they do not care what happens to them. They are yeah. going where they're going with this, like they have a lot of spiritual drive and just this really kind of deep, like faith that kind of like empowers them to do some really interesting things. Like I've had the pleasure of knowing a lot of Pisceans in my life who are like independent business owners. And so they have this kind of like, like Jupiterian, like, like blessed state where it's like, they're, they're good they're not bad with money. Like they're not bad with like the material world, but they're also really connected with the spiritual world. And you put those two things together and it makes them kind of weirdly unstoppable. And so I feel like those energies are something that is really great to be able to kind of tap into um, when there's a lot of strong aspects with Pisces.
0: So being a Jupiterian native yourself and you know, forgive me for bouncing around here. I actually did it's receive your, it's my, your new bouncy I chair. It's just like my, boing, new, boing, boing, my boing. office chair, which is which is like <laughs> a combination of a chair and like a medicine ball. <laughs> so if you see me like doing this, um, that's what's going on.
1: It's Spencer's kinetic energy chair. <sighs>
0: yeah, which is needed. Um, so, Tanya, being a Jupiterian native yourself, a Sagittarius, mm-hmm. Sun, and Venus, what are some of the ways that you see sagittarius the yang sign being Mm -hmm. different from pisces the yin sign of jupiter
1: Mm -hmm. i feel like with i feel like with pisces it's it's like a like a spiritual physical dichotomy that's being brought together and with sagittarius i feel like it's like a like a philosophical or like a mental and physical dichotomy like i feel like sagittarius is is very thoughtful and very wise and has kind of a lot of potential to kind of like have these really deep philosophical and kind of like justice and like this view on kind of how, how things should be like kind of from like a logical and almost like masculine energy standpoint, that young energy where it's like, like outward focused, like, you know, what, what am I doing out in the world? Like, where am I aiming my arrows? Like, what am I going towards with this kind of like very uh, aggressive kind of horse-like drive? And I feel like with Pisces, it's more spiritual, like those things are coming from like, like the inside where it's like the, the motivation is very inner and very spiritual and kind of like they're, they're taking things in and like, that's where that kind of outgrowth is coming from. So I feel like there's kind of like an, like an inner outer in terms of the motivation and kind of like a mental spiritual kind of divergence. And not to say that there's not overlap between those two things, but I feel like those are kind of the, the differences when I kind of think about how that energy is manifesting.
0: Yeah. You know, it's fascinating to think about both of those signs as double-bodied or mutable signs mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. are transitions between mm-hmm, seasons. Mm-hmm. So with Sagittarius, we've got the, the last sign of fall as mm-hmm. we're trying to get to the return of the light at the winter solstice in the Northern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a trying to get to the finish line type of experience. Yeah, that's yeah, what I've that's noticed real. with you. You're, you're a third Deccan Sagittarius sun. Right. Carrying the, carrying the sticks. Right. And we've been we've talked about that on this channel with the the Ten of Wands, with carrying the weight of responsibilities to get to a final goal. I'm I'm trying to find that card in here. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about? What, what do you how do you man- manage
1: <laughs> those I, responsibilities? I, I don't. <laughs> Let's be clear about that. <laughs>
0: here's the deccan that we're talking about here the ten the ten of wands deccan where we're carrying something to the finish line to be able to get to either a period of rest to a period of return of the light it just feels mm-hmm. like these heavy burdens that we're we're working with whereas when we get to the the Piscean deccans you know to me we're looking at something where we're aspiring towards the, the spring equinox which is mm-hmm. a point of of balance but also mm-hmm. of a of a point of ascension as well mm-hmm. and here we're we're gonna be talking today about this eight of cups card in particular you can mm-hmm. see in these three decans tanya we've got eight of cups nine of cups and ten of cups for pisces and we're trying to get to that i guess that, that it looks magical good. end of the rainbow it <laughs> experience, <looks
2: good. laughs> uh, which is Must temporary. it's nice. <laughs> temporary
0: by the way right temporary um yep. so you know i see that as a i like what you were saying about you know you unifying you know intention um trying to hit the target right with the sagittarius where we're unifying body and spirit and i think one thing i would add maybe and you can maybe confirm or deny this but learning through experience you know i mm-hmm. think is a sagittarian archetype right mm-hmm. and yeah this is a journey th- right right where we're going out and we're, we're learning by doing and mm-hmm. i think that the piscean difference with that on some level is we're learning by going off into an internal intuitive state mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know trying to find we're always trying to find our our why in these jupiterian mm-hmm. uh signs but i feel like there's there's a uh a, it's a, a, almost like an escapism from material reality with these piscean decans as well where you know, we're, sometimes we need to take a time out. We need to take a break, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How, do, how do you see Pisces in relationship to like retreating from, from the world on some level?
1: Sure. I mean, I think that's part of kind of that meditative energy where things like insights will come to you kind of spontaneously, like when you clear out your mind or when you're just really able to be still for a second. That's when these really powerful and beautiful insights can kind of come to you and it's harder to get that type of vision when you're just really like, like running all over the place and like, go, 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 go. Or you're just bouncing on your chair (laughs) and you can't stop. (laughs) But I think like, there's something to be said, like there's, there's different kinds of insights. There's insights that you can get from life and from kind of really getting in the mix with things and connecting with people and just kind of opening yourself to that oracular zone that's out in the world. And there's also insights that you can get that are really powerful that come from just really calming your mind and finding that kind of still small voice within. And so there's kind of two pathways that you can take to get really like valuable, intuitive information. And like, it's like the inner versus the outer. And I think that those are kind of the, that's another kind of dichotomy that you can see between those two signs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm feeling, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling sort of the eight of cups, uh, retreating energy starting to bubble up from my subconscious have you been feeling that lately in the collective you know a little bit it's a little little
1: little dissatisfaction where you're just like ah is that is that all there is
0: (laughs) right right so we're we're going to be dealing with a saturn rule duck in in the beginning Mm -hmm. of this uh new moon cycle it's going to sort of prime the pump for the transition of Saturn into Pisces as well, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is going to be one of the bigger uh, transitions of 2023. Then Pluto is going to move into Aquarius uh, at later in the month of March. Um, so let's let's kind of take a look at the chart and let's start breaking it down. We'll talk more Piscean archetypes, but let's take a look at this chart and see what we've been dealing with here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So any big picture thoughts about just the the chart of this new moon in particular that are cropping up, Tanya, for you?
1: I think it's really interesting that we are getting this really like beautiful kind of clean new moon right at the beginning of Pisces, kind of right as Venus is about to like fall out and have that kind of big dignity drop. And also that it's kind of like happening like in kind of like this cycle, like right before um, Saturn is going to go into Pisces. And so it feels like this. there's those kind of, those two ingresses are going to feel really significant for kind of how this is going to play out, I think. Like, I feel like this is a moment when it's like, like one thing is kind of wrapping up and there's another thing that's on the horizon. And I feel like there's just going to be this really interesting kind of transition that that's going to become more apparent over the next two weeks. So I feel like between now and the full moon, there's going to be some kind of things that people are going to start to really have come to light, especially after that Saturn Kazemi. So it's like the sun sun and Saturn come together and then that moon chimes on it again. And so like there's some point in your life where it's like, this is a point to kind of like look at because there's things that are going to start coming around and like hitting it. And there's going to be these cycles of kind of transformation. And this is kind of a moment where we'll look back on and be like, oh yeah, that's when I started to see that coming up.
0: Yeah, that Saturn Kazemi was a pretty big moment, you know, for February. Mm -hmm. Um, The the way that I've been thinking about Saturn and Jupiter comes from Charles Obert, who wrote a book on the seven classical planets, and he talks about Saturn as potentially providing the blueprint that Jupiter can create into multiplicity or into form. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Saturn being a, a planet of boundaries and limitations shows us what potentially could be possible the limits of what is possible on jupiter i've always i've been using the metaphor lately of the the platonic form of a horse being related to saturn and then jupiter mm-hmm. being able to beget the multiplicity of forms into reality um we see that mm-hmm. in the myths of zeus as well where zeus is uh, has many paramours <laughs> he's he's, I mean, he's spicy that's that's right it's romance time romance time that's right so you know, I, I would encourage those of you out there to think about some of the visions that came up uh, over the course of the last week, especially as Saturn was moving into that Kazemi position. And you can see here that the sun by this new moon on Monday, new, oh, that's nice. That's an opportunity, isn't it? Uh, new, new
2: moon, moon on, on Monday.
0: Monday. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yes, exactly. No, that's I always wait for that opportunity with, for, to use that. It's <laughs> a good one. Um, so you can see that the sun has started to separate from Saturn. And, you know, we get a new directive. We get a new blueprint. We get a new structure that we want to build from with the Saturn Kazemi potentially. And as the sun separates from Saturn, Saturn is starting to progress in the zodiac to become a morning star, which is actually... Uh, a rejoicing condition for saturn it prefers to be uh ahead of the sun in, in in rise before the sun in the sky because then it heats up the cold a little bit and mitigates some of the malefic nature of saturn so you might be seeing saturn starting to quote unquote rise from its sickbed, right maybe some of the structures in your life have started to crumble and new ones have started to take their place And you'll probably see a manifestation of that as the sun separates and separates by about 15 degrees or so you might see the new structure of your life in place. And I think this, this new moon in Pisces is really, you know, we know some of the new rational mental structures in life, but now we have to feel our way through it. We have to feel like, well, why are we going to do that? What is what is our motivations, right, for doing mm-hmm. this? What is our internal motivations? What is the internal narrative and story and myth that we are going to, to tell ourselves to get us through to the, whatever the next manifestation period is? Um, mm-hmm. Let me ask you this, Tanya. One of the, the things that comes up with the first decan of Pisces, which again is a Saturn-ruled decan. We go, in, the, in the Pisces decans, we go Saturn, Jupiter, Mars where have you felt those periods of dissatisfaction? And tell me more about if if you have, I'm sure that we all have on some level.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a human experience.
0: What types of breakthroughs has that led to? How do you get through those periods? What are some ways that you utilize that feeling of discontent to be able to move forward towards potential manifestation later?
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, I think that anytime you're trying to kind of build something new into your life, there's going to be that kind of like magical dark night of the soul where it's like you're going to just be like, oh, like in the in the space between making the wish and it coming true or kind of like the next steps to get to it becoming clear, you have kind of a crisis of faith. And I think that it's times like that when it's like you have to kind of really get centered with yourself and kind of find ways to stay engaged with, with what means the most to you and what brings meaning into your life and what brings you solace and joy. And I think that especially in these times, it's so radical to be like, I need a rest. Like, Mm. I feel like there's so many people, this is a, a thing that I see a lot of people struggling with too, is like, we're all kind of just chronically on the edge of burnout where it's like, there's so much pressure to just go, go, go and do, 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 and just yeah. always be earning and always be hustling, and it's like glorifying hustle culture. And I feel like I'm seeing like all those memes where it's like, stop glorifying hustle culture and start glorifying whatever this is. And it's like a picture of like a like a mouse in overalls with like a little tea kettle, like you know what I mean? <laughs>
0: yeah, sure. Like like uh, like Fritz from the the guy who's up north and makes those videos of him cooking yeah. in the woods. Hey, hey buddy. Hey, hey there, hey. buddy. <laughs> yeah, and I old, think like old time hockey, Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, so I think like taking time to kind of like go within and time to nurture yourself and time to kind of reconnect with what soothes you and kind of what brings you meaning and kind of just to like have that space and really like, like think your thoughts and feel your feelings. Because when there's so many external things and stressors happening, it can get really like it throws you off your center and it's hard to kind of stay focused on kind of what you're doing and why when there's just this kind of constant stream of like chaos and demands and you know frightening things and you know nonsense (laughs) like there's so much nonsense and i think that being able to kind of unplug from that is is deeply deeply valuable and this may be a really nice moment to kind of connect with that
0: i like that i i you know i've been as you know you and i have been trying to expand what we do you know both astrologically magically all of these things um sometimes it's hard to get that break isn't it you know when you're Mm -hmm. even if you know i'm i'm what i would consider mostly self-employed and it's just feels like you're working all the time and you know trying to get that space to come up with new ideas or to be able to even just enjoy some successes every once in a while feels hard to come by in this type of um like you said hustle culture that we've we've started to i don't know manifest in our in our collective uh i I like that the, the kind of the shutting the brain off to allow space to empty the cup out a little bit can really lead to maybe better manifestations because we become centered i'm thinking of of you know this is funny uh my favorite football quarterback mr well I don't know if I can call him my favorite anymore, but one of the supported say, for many that's years. An in,
1: that's an interesting choice. It's, it's, yeah,
0: he's Aaron Rodgers is who I'm referring to. Those of you oh, who have, <laughs> those <laughs> of you who have watched the astrology of sports on the Nightlight Channel with me and Adam and Kip know that he, this has some mixed feelings about Aaron Rodgers and some of his, you know, I guess political beliefs recently. But he is he's going off into doing this um, darkness retreat where oh. it's a sensory deprivation room, basically, for four days, he's sitting in darkness, there's like a toilet in the middle of the room. <laughs> like, I,
1: just, I mean, you kind of lost me at the toilet in the middle of the yeah. room. But I was just like, how luxurious. It how does feel it time? does. It does. It's like, <laughs> Oh, that
0: sounds really nice. Just completely shutting off the brain. You know, just really being being with yourself rather than doing I think is a very Piscean type of thing. So I feel like... um this new moon might be encouraging us to slow down to just be rather than necessarily do and re- release the conscious mind you know another thing i was think i think about with this is the um the star wars where where you know luke is trying to practice with his lightsaber and he's overthinking things and he finally has to just put on the blinders you know, sensory mm-hmm. deprivation, and just trust his instincts, trust the flow state. Mm-hmm. And to, to me, this seems like a really pivotal moment for that, because the spring is a really important met, uh, manifestation time. You know, I think airy season is when we just feel like, okay, it's, it's go time, it's time to push the button. But before that has to happen, we need to have the space and clarity and rest for the new cycle that comes through. And to me, this this really reflects the, the, the ninth house of the thema mundi that Pisces has the cusp on. This is something that I talked about in my tarot talk for Nightlight. But in the thema mundi, Cancer is on the Ascendant, which will put Pisces in the ninth house. And this is really the time before action of the tenth house. So this was the sign that was on the tenth house before whatever is there now, like Aries in the Thema Mundi, right? So we're we're trying to find our meaning. We could take pilgrimages, but maybe the pilgrimages are in our mind. Maybe the pilgrimages are going off into a fantasy world for a period of time, going off into the darkness for a period of time, Um, you know, trying not to pee on yourself in the in a completely dark room while you're trying to hit the hole in the middle of the room <laughs> like
1: things can get a little messy in icy season right? like well I mean think about how here in in Michigan it's like mud season like mm-hmm. every every year we kind of be like have that moment where we're like oh it's mud season again because it's like you get the 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 full spring when it's like things start to thaw but it's like it's not like you know it's just kind of this like wet mess and it's like you're going through this time when its things are really amorphous and really changeable and you're kind of going back and forth sometimes between like you know it's frozen solid and now it's wet and everything's a mess and now it's it's dry and now it's cold and now it's getting warmer and so there's just all these kind of like different phase state changes and sure. so there's just like so much mutability like in this moment so it's a nice kind of hinge time when it's like that's there's a lot of potential to kind of change direction um, but you do have to kind of like go into that magical dark and just kind of, you know, come out on the other side one way or another.
0: Yeah, it's a shift of consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's difficult for me sometimes to think about w- any one particular space in the zodiac being a beginning or an ending. I think we have multiple places where we could consider that. But in one way of thinking about the, the solar year, we do have a a new beginning of spring, potentially in the northern hemisphere and mm-hmm. as tanya was mentioning you know it it, it is mud season everything is the the, <laughs> the the snow is melting the ice is melting it's mixing with the earth to to provide future fertility so you know if we think about that metaphorically we need to start melting our rigid ideas of how things should be so that we can create from that primordial you know ooze or space or or oceanic Con- collective consciousness um so so that's something that i think about a lot with pisces i'm actually looking forward to maybe trying to disconnect a little bit during pisces season i always say try and then i end up you know committing to more things and doing more things but <laughs> we'll see right uh, yeah so a couple people are commenting on aaron rogers the astrologer now yeah aaron went on uh <laughs> yeah. a, a, a he went on with a pop astrologer named Deborah Silverman and mm-hmm. did did some kind of like astrology retreat online. Um, mm-hmm. It's not exactly the same kind of astrology that I practice, but it is kind of neat to see, uh, you know, someone like Aaron promote astrology. Um, mm-hmm. Some of his other hot takes, I, I wish he wouldn't promote as much, <laughs> but, but
1: people well, it's, are... he's, he's on an interesting journey though, in yeah. some ways, because it's like all his life, he's been this very like physical kind of strategic being, you know, where it's like as a, a quarter, like a star quarterback, you know, he's, he's using his, his mind and he's using his body and kind of like bringing them together to like, just focus on these goals and like you know, have this really like hard direction that he was just going in and just going and going and going. And now he's getting older and kind of reaching a pivoting point in his career. And he's starting to be like, hey, you know, I'm doing the ayahuasca. Like, what's this astrology thing about? I'm going to go sit in the dark for four days and try and just figure my stuff out. Like, it's interesting. Like, I don't always agree with the conclusions that he's coming up with, but I do kind of like seeing someone who has been this very like, kind of out like idealistic, like alpha dude, going yeah. into this phase where he's like you know what like spirituality what's this about like the metaphysical you know is there something here that can help me find some meaning or like help me think of what the next phase of my journey is going to be like and that's interesting you know i agree <laughs> i've I seen agree. that people like are like a. A. Run.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean he's a sagittarius so he's he's a mm-hmm. jupiterian he has a sagittarius mm-hmm. sun conjoining uranus mm-hmm. you know he's a taurus rising he has a Scorpio moon, which I think leads to a lot of the conspiracy theory type of thinking that or conclusions. The
1: dissatisfaction. Like, yeah, he he gets a little
0: paranoid. He, like he was mm-hmm. on Pat McAfee the other day, uh, really just like taking reporters to task that were reporting on his intentions. He's, he was like, you don't know me. You're not in my inner circle. And like he was getting really like, you know, aggressive about it. But
1: there's, I, there's know, a lot of a lot of feelings these days. But again, that may be another thing, too, is like emotions seem like they're running really high lately. Yeah, you know, and I was thinking about the
0: we've been having this kind of uh, condition recently with malefic enclosures of particular planets. You know, first we had Venus that went through a malefic enclosure where it made a trine to Mars and then it was moving towards the conjunction with Saturn. And yes, it was a trine, so it might not have been like as bad as it could have been, but these planets still, I think, were under a little bit of duress. And then the sun has been going through that same condition, the trine to Mars, and then the conjunction with Saturn that that finally, thankfully, ended yesterday. And we've been seeing, you know, some various conflicts out in either in the world or even in the metaphysical world or the astrological world. And... Mercury is going to be following that pattern throughout this lunar cycle too. So that's going to be happening. Oh, geez, what's that? It's around the 22nd of February. Mercury is going to be entering into that same condition. So, mm-hmm. you know, and what have we learned from it, right? Like sometimes I think that I think that with this, we had a a trine with Mars where there was differing opinions, right? And it uh, kind of like, intellectual disagreements we've seen in the collective. And then finally, we get to this point where it, it comes to an ending, comes to like the, the Saturn point where, you know, we have to think about a new blueprint that we need to move forward with that conjunction with Saturn. So I want you to pay attention, friends, as to we just got done with the sun that rules Leo. So if you look at the Leo part of your chart, you may have been going through some of this tension with the malefic enclosure that finally is you're getting relief from yesterday uh personally and that's just a a weird dumb little thing like this really coincided with my like hoodie odyssey (laughs) tanya's been like witnessing this firsthand I, i needed to replace this green hoodie that i had been wearing for like 30 years and it was a very it was very much an emotional support hoodie um and i found a really nice one online and instead of just stopping at finding the thing that i wanted i was like oh these fit really nice i want every single color that this company makes in this size and then went on this obsessive odyssey to find some of the colors that i couldn't actually find online and it really drove me crazy for a few weeks and it finally ended yesterday with like okay i've got the colors i need i'm going to send these other ones back i'm done thinking about this and i know that's a really mundane example but i think it's it's just the the stakes were slightly lower when i think you know you have a, a malefic enclosure that is through a trine than through mm-hmm. one that might be a square And to me that feels like a little bit of a low stakes version of that so what we're going to be on the lookout for is mercury doing the same kind of uh movement when it makes the trine to, to mars and then it subsequently will be making the application to saturn and I want you all to really pay attention to the Gemini area of your life and the Virgo area of your life. Okay. So you might be feeling some stress or some tension in those areas of your life, potentially. Tanya, did you have any, you know, experiments or experiments any experiences (laughs) with this malefic enclosure? Sorry. I didn't.
1: I mean, I I think it was a little bit vicarious because I was just watching you (laughs) go through it. Um, I feel like that with that that Mars Gemini, it was this kind of like uncomfortable proliferation of, of options yes. that it was just like every, yes. every one thing became two and then the two became four and then the four became right. eight. It was just like, so it's just this kind of like intense proliferation where it was just like, there's so many things and oh, so many perfect. options just happening, like kind of with great speed. Like every time I came home, there was more hoodies. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> you know,
0: it is funny too, because your eighth house is Leo. So it was mm-hmm. like the, the possessions or resources of your partner, which was me. And nice. you were just,
1: just watching you, it, right. You were
0: seeing this play <laughs> out in, in, in my own head about like my adornments of how I'm going to adorn my body and things of that nature. And you're right. Like I, I just, it was, this company makes like, oh my God, it's like fucking 30 different colors of the same thing, but there's like slightly, there's tiny little differences in the construction. Like the zipper isn't covered in some of them and having a Virgo stellium, you'll get, you'll get driven crazy by these tiny differences. I think what what I really wanted was a uniform that was interchangeable with multiple colors. Uh, yeah, Debbie says, the hoodie gremlin, don't add water. Yes, exactly, 100%. exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I've, I've started wearing the colors for the astrological day. So if you see me wear the green one a lot, it's probably just because I do most of my live streams on Friday, which is a color, a Venusian <laughs> color. Um, but anyway
1: after
0: right and, and I, th- I think that we can go through these mental uh anguish kind of things like what mars in the second decan of gemini this is the nine of, of of swords energy where you see a figure that is you know uh awake at night having this nightmare of indecision of you know i think trying to figure out all the options i, I had a few nights like that just trying to figure out this this really dumb thing that shouldn't have been that important but but it felt more important to me. Um, so I'm curious out there, if, for those of you in, in digital land, have you had any crisis of um, proliferation of options where you had to make a choice, where you were feeling really torn between decisions and, and options and directions that you could go forth with? And then finally, did you come to a stopping point with that when the, when the sun hit Saturn? Because again, we're gonna be going through this again with Mercury. So there, there's another choice point where Mercury is going to make that trine to Mars. There's going to be choices that are going to come up, and we're going to have to kind of work through it until we get to the conjunction with Saturn, and then Mercury is going to move into Pisces into uh, its fall. So the double, the, yeah.
1: the double, double fall. Right. So super just super mega fall.
0: <laughs> a challenging conjunction with Saturn and ending, but then Mercury going off into this like liminal sometimes maybe even confused state or underwater state where communication may get a little more um, difficult. Uh, We're thinking more in metaphorical, figurative language terms rather than clear communication, which there can be some good advantages to that for those of you who have Mercury and Pisces you know, it is a very poetic and storytelling and myth-making position, but it can be difficult for some of the things that Mercury would normally be associated with, like commerce, um, you know, exchanging resources, having clarity of exchange and things of that nature. So I just wanted to like highlight that for this new moon Mm -hmm. cycle, because that to me is one of the bigger, the bigger challenges we're going to be going through with this new moon. Because upon first blush, There's nothing super terrible, I think, about this new moon. Yes, we have a whole sign square to Mars. But again, I think this is going to be the tension between how can you eliminate distractions and a proliferation of options to be able to give yourself the time and space to 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 go into that primordial water type of energy, the dark room. To be able to figure out what you want to do next because that's why aaron Rodgers is doing this he's trying to decide whether he wants to retire or keep playing football which for him is a very big decision so he's trying to to remove all the noise that he's getting because everyone's probably you're that famous there's a lot of noise there's a lot of people's opinions there's a lot of people contacting you and he's just like i'm going to shut all that off and see if i can figure out what's true in my heart and my uh, imagination and what what I want to manifest next, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let me check the chat here, Tanya.
1: Yeah, it looks like there's a lot of people talking about how they're trying to narrow their choices or how they're mm-hmm. facing kind of crossroads and different things like that. Um, I mean, so that's that makes right. a lot of sense. And I think when there's a little bit of people that are kind of going back and forth about um, whether A.A. elected this retreat um, and it's possible that he did. Like when you're a celebrity and you're able to work with like different kinds of astrologers, like that's definitely an option. But also I think something that happens is that sometimes like elections kind of do you, where it's yeah. like there's just a time, and if it really like is hitting at an important part in your life, like it may be a moment when like something just really kind of poetically, metaphorically, literally kind of like sinks up and it's like, oh yeah, like at this new moon, like I'm doing this retreat and like I'm going into darkness just as I'm, you know like the the astrological elements all really line up to tell that same story. And so I think sometimes you're going to see those things where it seems like a really literal manifestation of it. And it may be a choice or it may just be kind of like the universe, like winking at you and being like, Hey. Yeah.
0: Lynn was asking, do you think that he uh, elected a time to go into that retreat? Honestly, Lynn, I think the answer is probably yes, because he's choosing a balsamic moon phase. I think he's going in either today or tomorrow. And he's choosing a balsamic moon so that he can get a new moon in Pisces. And he's working with an astrologer. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he said, look, I'm gonna take this Piscean time to figure this stuff out before, you know, making the choice as, you know, airy season or something of that nature. Um, Alicat is also pointing out kind of the the ambiguity, the the dual nature of Mercury that I think is a good point as well. Um, I, th- I see that the, the Gemini house of Mercury, because Mercury definitely has that duality, the masculine and feminine duality, the yin and yang duality. Um, I, th- I feel like there is a proliferation of options in Gemini for the specific purpose, though, of eliminating some of them. I mean, you see like we proliferate as we go through the, the decans and finally the last decan of Gemini is the Ten of Swords where you see like one twin Dead on the ground basically it. right it 's a sacrifice where, you, where you're you 're exploring to get an idea of what what choice that you want to make and eliminate, whereas like Virgo you know Virgo I think that there's a uh, there is a consolidation of options to be able to beget something new into form to pass on a legacy to maybe store something for the winter to pass it on to the next generation. To, to fuse matter and spirit together so I th- that's the, how I understand those two those two signs and the, maybe the differences in Mercury's expression within them although it's all a spectrum and like you know just because you have Gemini placements doesn't mean that you you are always going to expand all of your options sometimes you may be having something in the third decade of Gemini where, where you really have a, a handle on eliminating some of the choices in front of you Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see, let's see, let's see.
1: There's, so, there's a little Kimberly. there's a little bit too about um whether Saturn is masculine or feminine. Um, and there's a little bit of mention somewhere back in there, I didn't read all of it, but it it looked like there was kind of a thought, like, oh, like, you know, do you think of Saturn as as feminine? And I would say for me, yes. I think of it as kind of a yin planet because it's so cool and slow and kind of you know that receptive energy like it's not like aggressive or hot or kind of like really going after things hard so i think that if you're going to kind of think of it in those terms a little bit there is definitely kind of like a yin energy with saturn especially in like if you think of like yin yoga where it's like that yoga where you're just kind of like lying in like a single position and just really like sitting with the discomfort and trying to kind of relax into it like that kind of energy is is very relevant to that and i think that it's going to be very relevant especially as we're seeing that um particular planet having such a big transit into a completely new locale
0: yeah i i hear you and i think that i think that i want to point out that each of these planets you know beyond potentially the i don't know i, I don't know if the sun would fit into this um like the the planets of the extremes But Saturn has both a yin and a yang domicile as well. Mm -hmm. And I I think that we can see more active Saturn and more yin Saturn. I would say in this decan of Pisces, it most definitely would be a more yin Saturn, just for the simple fact that we're in a very yin sign in Pisces, maybe even the most yin signs. Um, I don't know if that's too big of a leap to make on some level, Mm. because it is very like it's mutable, double bodied. We've got water. It's very receptive. Like the uh you know, one of the things that we were discussing before our talk here today was some of the the movies that we love that are associated that that really come in and pop into our minds. Did you did you ever pull up the charts of um the two stars of the the movie we were discussing?
1: Oh I didn't. I didn't. I was scampering around.
0: So if you're out in the chat. (laughs) Do us a favor, pull up David Bowie and Jennifer Connolly's charts and let us know if they have, if either one of them has a Saturn in Pisces. Because Tanya and I were discussing the, the, the 1986 classic, uh, <laughs> The Labyrinth. And we say that because this particular Deccan, let's stop the share for a second. We've got this Deccan in Austin Coppick's 36 uh, Faces book is called The Labyrinth in that book. And he talks a lot about being able to go internal to find the the demiurge or the demiurgos and really exploring the way that we create our own personal myths and narratives and whether they're a palace or a prison and and you know being able to use that dissatisfaction to leave behind the outer reality to go back in to reconnect with a spiritual purpose or with a spiritual oneness or unity. Um, I want to hear more about your thoughts about that movie because honestly, if I really think about this movie now, the connections with this Deccan are very interesting. And so, so give us your, your, I don't know, how old were you when this came out? You're like, (laughs) like,
1: what is math what is You're, time you were
0: like nine or ten when this came I out mean, like,
1: yeah i was i was a kid like yeah. i was i was young enough to be like intrigued and frightened by it like which i think is kind of the the perfect and appropriate response to a particular film sure.
0: well those movies in general right like mm-hmm. just any of those jim henson mid-80s movies were fascinating and and magical and but also super scary at the same
1: time yeah, I, was, yeah. I was scarred so,
0: by that that yeah uh, so for, for our crystal who, movie.
1: For people who are like like babies and may not yeah. remember this, this is a movie that came out in the in the eighties. It features it's the story of like a young teenage girl who's babysitting her um her um her stepbrother and. You right. know, her parents are, like, going out and, like, she's like, oh, like, I'm, you know, she has this kind of story about herself where it's like, oh, I'm so put upon. Like, I'm like the, the princess in a story who's babysitting her evil, spoiled stepbrother.
0: Her <laughs> own myth, her own internal myth. Yeah, she's right? going through
1: this kind of, like, like myth thing where she's just like, oh, and then, you know, she's like, I wish the, the goblins would take the baby away right now. And then all these, like, puppet goblins, like, come and they do. <laughs> and, and so, like, it's, the movie is, like, this mix of, like, like human actors um, including Jennifer Connelly and an incredibly charismatic and you know just mind-blowing performance by David Bowie,
2: right? As the God
1: goblin piece King. and his yes, his, so he's wearing these his, like crystal he's balls. His, like, he's got this like <laughs> big Tina Turner hair and this like yeah. swath of eye makeup and these like tight pants, and he's like singing and dancing while completely surrounded by these like terrifying and like comical but like really bizarre assortment of like goblin puppets and so like and he's got this baby and he's like i'm gonna keep this baby unless you come through the labyrinth and rescue him and Mm so the girl goes on the journey and makes friends along the way and so it's kind of her like descending really deeply into illusion and into this like story where is she going to be the hero or is she going to be kind of like swept up in this like like is it a romance is it being a trap and so there's all these things where there's so many questions of like, what's the nature of reality? What am I really looking at? Is it a wall? Is it a door? Like, which is funny, because that's what I think Gallicat was saying in the chat, like, if, what what am I seeing? Is it where am I? Like, what's my, my environment? Where am I going? And so it's kind of... Um, a really interesting thing to kind of think about in terms of this this story because it's like she comes through on the other side and i guess no spoilers but she she finds her power and like
0: i mean if they haven't the, seen it by now
1: like, i mean i guess <laughs> it's
0: what 40 years <laughs> old <now.
1: laughs> i mean it's also like it's a it's a movie like with puppets and like actors like it it, it ends fine everyone's fine <laughs>
0: spoilers she gets the baby back
1: <laughs> <laughs> spoilers, she gets the baby back i mean i guess wouldn't it be terrifying if she didn't right like if the whole right. movie like just ended completely differently and she was like you you know what i am gonna be your evil goblin queen and you can have my brother i didn't like him anyway
0: right. <laughs> well i mean then it would be like american horror story or something like
1: you that. know like, yeah it'd be a, a it was a simpler
0: time, of- time in the mid-80s friends you know things were scary but they're you know hopefully it worked out or or like it becomes like the Aronofsky is that what was his name Darren Aronofsky or something like that yeah, like yeah like we are for a dream oh yeah no Jennifer Connelly's gone yeah. on quite a, a journey in her, she really
1: her has life. she really has but yeah so I mean I think that's kind of the thing too like at this point like in in that decade, you may be going you may be going through your own like Jennifer Connelly like right. labyrinth adventure and I think too like with that movie you know for me personally like it was kind of like in a way, like it was like, oh my gosh, like a man can be like like David Bowie, like yeah. glorious. Like, you know, puppets can be like people, like walls can talk, like it's just it kind of like it's sort of mind blowing and it's showing these kind of like really unusual forms that things can take and the kind of like fantastical, like like self-expression, like of kind of the artists who made it and kind of like there's like songs in it and like there's all kinds of things. And so this may be a time too when it's like as Saturn goes into Pisces and as this new moon is hitting this is a really interesting time to kind of connect with your creativity and maybe find something where it's like, you can go deep into it. Like you can kind of find, um, you know, just like new inspiration um, in the kind of liminal and the transgressive and kind of the the spiritual and metaphysical. Like, I feel like we're going to just see a lot of like really amazing fantasy kind of coming to life um, as people kind of express their creativity. And as people long for like escape too like things have been so difficult and and just hard and painful um just this really like harsh energy of you know just saturn large and in charge for the last several years and so i think people are really hungering for kind of some softness and like a little like fantasy dip your toes in the water and kind of like refill that cup a little bit and so i think that we're going to see some really interesting outgrowths of those those traces.
0: well in that movie too she eventually learned, like, to be empowered, like mm-hmm. self empowerment mm-hmm. through through realizing the, you know, that she was able to kind of accept the the reality of her situation on some level mm-hmm. too, through mm-hmm. surrender, right? Like, mm-hmm. that, oh, maybe this baby isn't so bad, and maybe I'm maybe I've misjudged it or something like that too. It's well, so and about
1: think... like making her own choice too, where right. it's like she doesn't need to subsume herself in something to kind of like get the happy ending that she wants like she's right. gonna make her own happy ending because she finds her own like personal power in a way sure. that it's like she, she's like i don't need the go- this very sexy goblin king to like give me the the happy ending that I want, um, that's that's going in a whole new direction for me. But I just really like that. But um, yeah. So I think it's kind of about like that that self directed power too, where it's like you know I can't
0: remember the words to that song. So oh, cool. I'm we'll gonna do, make we'll you do the sing along at the end. That's, that's the <laughs> as that's the world falls down. A little yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, man, man can David Bowie croon. <laughs>
0: that is a that is a. It's definitely a memorable, a memorable. I wouldn't call it a bop, but uh, what would you call it? torch song? Maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very. Very sultry. Right. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was a weird. The eighties was. Yeah. People are like the mid eighties was a weird time, and it's like yes, it was. Like you know,
0: I think that a good point to bring up is that Jim Henson, in particular has some fantastical visions but also it's it can be a little bit terrifying when you are exploring the inner recesses of your mind as well i'm i'm thinking of the skexies in the dark crystal the like like vulture birds that were, they probably scarred many a young person in the early 80s <laughs> and then like those 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 birds that were uh jumping around the fight the firebirds <laughs> whatever they were Fires, where yeah. their heads would come off their eyes would yeah. pop out and then, and there yeah, was like I this th- really happy song going yeah and
1: they're like they're like dancing
0: and then like their arms like flying off. horrifying looking
1: yeah yeah i mean i think that's the thing like there's the the realm of dreams which i think is is very piscean i mean and especially like you know with with Neptune, like so you've got this this sure. energy of dreams where it can be really beautiful, um, but also really terrifying. And when things are kind of surreal, it's like kind of amazing and magical, but it can also be really disturbing. And I think we're gonna see a lot of that too with that energy like you look at like AI generated images. Like yeah. I think about this a lot. Like um we're just gonna see more and more things with that. And it's like there's this kind of peculiar effect. When it tries to generate like a person and it just makes like all these like extra fingers and like the hands are like swirly or distorted and there's just like too or more, many fingers or more teeth. <laughs> and like just rows of teeth yeah. like a shark and it's, it's weird because one of the ways that you can tell that you're dreaming is to try and like look at your own hands like in your dream and your hands won't look right and that's kind of what they'll look like they'll be like too many fingers or it'll be like blurry or shifting or like you look at your teeth and it's like there's just too many teeth and it's so peculiar to me that the images of people that AI generates are so dreamlike because it's like, yeah. it's just trying to kind of piece together. And it's like, there's like some fingers there and some teeth and like, you get it. You know what I mean? And it's just so interesting that there's that overlap. And I think it, that it the, does
0: feel like the, we're tapping into that yeah. like kind of dream world mm-hmm. and dream state. Mm-hmm. I level, think we're going to
1: see more and more of that. Like this is kind of a really interesting time too.
0: And Khadija is pointing out the other, the other bop in that movie um, oh, power- magic dance, magic dance, dance.
1: magic dance, dance magic. magic dance. You remind me of the babe, what babe, the babe with I the power, what power, power of voodoo, Who do voodoo, you do. <laughs> what? You remind me of the babe.
0: Yeah, that's so good. It's a, a good one. So, good. Um, if you Weird haven't times. seen that movie, go watch it. That'll prepare you for the first decade of Saturn in Get Pisces. Get ready. <laughs> that's what it's probably going to be like. You know, just exploring there's, all these.
1: There's a bog. There, there's <laughs> the bog a maze.
0: stench. There's a bog of right.
1: eternal stench.
0: Yeah. What else in there? There's like a like a hoggle, <laughs> like the little like
1: yep. uh, yeah, there's There's little looking guy there's little gnarled gnarled beings are they friends are they foes
0: right ludo only time the, will, only time you'll, will you'll tell. you'll get like a large beastly looking dog like figure uh <laughs> yeah i don't know it's it's fun it's a fun thing You, it, it is i would say it, you can watch it with your kids like you know i think that yes if they're super young they still might be like oh that's scary but it, it, you know it's, it's not cool. that bad we, we turned out yeah. all right didn't we <laughs> like
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. debatable i guess
0: <laughs> Uh, another movie that I wanted to, to to touch on and just get your thoughts on Tanya. So I think that the the Piscean Deccans really tell the story or are reflected in the story of The Matrix, right? With mm-hmm. Neo and his journey from you know being this kind of automaton in the in the Matrix and waking up through dissatisfaction, following the White Rabbit, quote unquote. Um, mm-hmm. being able to like awaken to a, a, a reality where he learns that he can st- sort of control the previous experience um, through his intention through his like I don't know knowledge and mm-hmm. journey of kung fu well, it's really and all these things.
1: it's really it's like a spiritual metaphor like he becomes powerful through controlling his mind and his will and his spirit um, I think an important piece of it too is that like whole thing like when he takes the what is it the the red pill he takes the red pill so the red pill like like wakes him up to like reality i'll say someone's like yes this is a movie i know so yeah so in it he's this this office drone um he's trying to like find he feels the sense of dissatisfaction like something's wrong something's fake there's there's something missing and so he meets this mysterious dude who's like take this red pill and it'll show you the truth and he wakes up and realizes that he's He's been in this like computer simulation and nothing in his life was real. Um, But the reality that he wakes up into is really like, scary and, and dark yeah, <laughs> yeah that it's like there's no you know the world's been destroyed by robots and so they're like living in like a spaceship and there's no like food except you know it's just like everyone's wearing rags like Every, reality really is really like, like sad and kind of everyone's like dark. wearing
0: kanye's line from it's, yeah it ago. looks like looks
1: like easy just just holes <laughs> weird shoes <laughs> looks like they made <laughs> right um Um, but then he goes back into the matrix and he becomes this like like a demigod because he can see through the nature of the reality and like in the matrix everything's very like lavish and like futuristic for the 90s like which meant lots of um vinyl and like long coats and like those little tiny glasses um so yeah and i think that's kind of the thing too where it's like again it's that that dipping in and out of the the dream state um and you know you you we wake up from the dream into reality that can be like disappointing or dark or you know not what you wanted and then you know can you go back in and like take the gold out of it like you take the gold out of the the mystery and the dreams and the kind of like unreality and somehow find a way to bring that back into the real world and and vice versa so it's that intersection between dream and reality and where that really like interesting hinge of power is i think that's part of what's interesting about that story for right now
0: yeah i think that I think that we're all going to be starting to feel a little bit of like is this all there is like what, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what? are we you know are we you know, are we stuck in the simulation right on some level and um those feelings could get a lot stronger and I I'm thinking about some of the music that came out in the last saturn and pisces cycle as well where we saw like the, the kind of the grunge movement and things like that mm-hmm. where people were like feeling pretty you know i don't know a little bit down a little bit like ugh, i'm just going to reject all of these late stage capitalism tropes mm-hmm. and all
1: the excess. and also hung- hungering for authenticity right like that may be a thing too is seeing more kind of like analog things like almost as a reaction against the kind of like strong digital and kind of like dreamy energies like people may want something that that it feels really tactile that feels really real that you can like really like touch and smell and get your hands around and that may be something that people are hungry for at this time too is like like both of those facets where it's like you, you want that kind of like really high dream but also like you want something that feels really real to come back to afterwards like your magical oils at third coast mojo <laughs> <laughs> like a beautiful, like a beautiful smell. Oh, someone in the chat had a question about um, if I had any resources about um, natural perfumery or like ancient recipes for perfume. And I wanted to show this book. Um, This is Essence and Alchemy, A Natural History of Perfume by Mandy Aftel, um, who's this really like interesting person who does um, all natural um, perfume blends. And so in it, um, she goes really deep into the kind of history of perfumes and kind of how It was, they were originally used for like, like medicine and magic and like all these other, and food and kind of all these other things. And the kind of like way that perfume twines in with like trade and mysticism and all these other kind of elements. And it's really interesting. There are some recipes in it too. So this is a really nice resource. Um, She actually did a revised 2022 edition that I just got. That's really gorgeous. So this is a great book if you're interested in learning more about um, the history of perfumery, and kind of some things like that so that's a, a really nice resource so if anyone's interested that's something that i'm that's pretty, on my pretty that's soon on our, my nightstand right now
0: pretty soon our house is just going to be books and herbs or this <laughs> just just jars just jars piles of, just
1: piles of books, books and jars <laughs> jars on top of the books and hoodies just books on top of the jars
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and hooded sweatshirts will so be the other. And hoodies and
1: hoodies hoodies around the yeah. jars
0: yeah so every
1: jar has a hoodie
0: So Darren is saying, I love the labyrinth idea you postulated, everyone seeing all of the various elemental and land spirits in whatever forms their mind perceives them, if only. I like that, Darren. That's a really great point, like being able to see the insolification of the world, Mm -hmm. right? We've gotten to a point where sometimes we've become so disconnected with meaning, spirit, and you know, the spirit of the land, the spirit of animals, the spirit of a tree. And that might be something that we start reconnecting with as we move forward in this, this Piscean time frame as well. So yeah, good point. Um, Elizabeth Roth is saying, Essence of magic, Mary Greer, the oils for the major arcana, probably Ooh. out of print. Ooh, that looks like a good one too, Elizabeth. You gotta, thank you for that suggestion. Gonna track
1: that down. That sounds yeah. cool.
0: Um Okay. Yeah. A couple other people are saying they were traumatized by these movies. <laughs> Tanya. It was,
1: it was yeah. not a time for children.
0: <laughs> no. So let's, Tanya, let's take this opportunity to just take a little stretch real quick. Just let's oh, yes. model some good behavior. Oh, yeah. And stretch it out. Uh, let's take this opportunity to say um, if you're liking this video, uh, this live stream, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Please hit that like button, friends. If you want to make a material donation to the work that uh, we do here, you can leave a little super chat or a super sticker with a little dollar sign in the chat, or you can make a donation at buymecoffee.com. You can also support the work that we're doing here by either booking a reading with myself. Uh, I have all sorts of readings where we can unpack your own personal mythology through the wisdom of the tarot and astrology and the fixed stars and whatnot or you can support tanya's work by purchasing some of her magically elected oils at third coast mojo on etsy and of course sign up for the email lists plural to be able to figure out what uh is coming up next okay tanya should we look at a couple more details and kind of move forward with this thing let's do it so we've kind of gone over i think The essence of Pisces we've talked about mercury going through the potential malefic enclosure throughout this lunation cycle. Um, let's talk a little bit about Jupiter and Venus Venus is going to be moving into uh, a co presence with with. uh, Jupiter and Aries about an hour after the new moon, so we have this like moment this like peak of venusian exaltation very close to her exaltation degree and then it's like oh it's (laughs) going to shift how are you seeing this this jupiter and aries and then the shift from venus and her exaltation to to her exile in aries
1: yeah i was i was saying earlier like i feel like that is something that is going to bring uh kind of like that come down you know like you you wake up from that dream state and then it's like cold hard reality or it's like what actions are you going to take like you know you have this romantic dream and like it's all just kind of out there and it's like what can you do to kind of like bring that to you you know what what needs to happen to kind of bring that into the physical or like what actions do you need to take like to me like Aries is a very active sign and so like with Venus and Pisces, it can be very passive. So it's very much that kind of like come to me energy where it's like, I'm just a blooming flower and the bees are going to just come to me or like, you know, I'm just so beautiful and like my magnetism is going to just bring it to me. But in Aries, you have to kind of like get after it. Like it's get after it o'clock when things start to hit Aries. And I feel like having both benefics there is just going to be a really interesting point in terms of like looking at where that is in your own chart. And, like, that's going to be an area where it's, like, you're going to have some real good fortune kind of coming up, but you're going to need to work for it. Like, you're going to need to kind of get out and, like, pursue it and kind of, like, find out what you want. And then it's time for you to be the one doing the pursuing and getting after it.
0: Yeah, we are seeing. Okay, if we move the chart forward a little bit, you can see on the outer ring that if we move the pitch forward by a few days, you see that Venus has moved into Aries, and it's getting closer and closer to Jupiter and Aries. Um, We have here, we have a few days after the new moon, Mercury making the trine with Mars and then applying to Saturn in that malefic enclosure without a planet breaking it up. Okay, sometimes the moon will break it up a little bit, but I do think there's going to be some challenges with Mercury with that. Uh, And then we have, we get to the beginning of the month here. And just just another th- point to make is Mars is still out of bounds throughout this whole period of time. So we've been seeing some arguments, some debates in various forms of the world that have gotten, like, I don't know if the word's excessive, but they've gotten spicy with Mars spicy. out of bounds, right? Spicy times. And, you know, there's been a lot of back and forth. And we might be still experiencing that with this new moon, with Mars uh, in its in its out-of-bounds phase, where it is not really following the rules of engagement that we normally would follow. So there, when we, ha- when we get into a conflict at this period of time, especially when it's an intellectual conflict, we might be taking it to, to an extreme or not following the, the rules of engagement, potentially, or something of that nature. Uh, so just be careful of that as you move through your day or move through your experience of life. And then we get to, like, the beginning of March here. Um, we're, we're, what we're looking at right here in this chart is the first quarter moon. So let's talk a little bit about the first quarter moon before we talk about the conjunction of Venus and Jupiter here. So <clears throat> we have the sun at 8 degrees of Pisces and the moon at about 8 degrees of Gemini and our first quarter phase. So, so, Tanya, what do you think about this combination of the eight of cups and the eight of swords? So I'm going to pull out the Eight of Swords where we see a figure who is blindfolded and bound. That's a Jupiter-ruled Deccan, mm-hmm. okay, coming in contact with a Saturn-ruled Deccan. So we have Jupiter in, in Gemini, it's exile, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be a time when you, you're you just feeling a lot of tension. Um, to me, when I look at that that um eight of swords, like it's just that's a that's a tough one because it's like you're you feel trapped even though like you're not really like Mm -hmm. you could kind of get away if you like put your mind to it, but like you there's something that is is holding you in place. There's something like probably self-imposed or like kind of from your limiting beliefs, maybe. And when you look at that, like there's that that desire to like walk away from something that that sucks or that you know isn't right anymore. But that that Eight of Swords energy is saying like, oh, look, no, like you, you feel stuck for some reason. So I right. think at this kind of angle, you're hitting this hard angle between those two aspects. And that's going to create that tension where it's like you're trying to walk away, but there's going to feel like there's something that's not letting you. And like that something that's not letting you is probably going to be kind of internal. But right. I think that that's, that's that point where it's like you're, you're going to feel this really hard kind of like tension between your desire to walk away and feeling like there's these constraints around you.
0: Yeah, I, I, feeling bound by our own, you know, rational mind, you know, maybe a difficulty surrendering to the, I don't know, letting go and letting divine, letting go and letting universe type of experience um, might be a challenge around that period of time. Um, I'm seeing some comments in the chat, Tanya, about the the major arcana essential oils that, that uh, maybe you need to take up the 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 mantle for making these long extinct things. That sounds like a good idea. We'll have to look into oh, that. Huh? No,
1: for sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. So try not to get too overwhelmed by your thoughts. Again, Pisces is a good time to surrender to maybe I don't know the divine having a better plan. I mean, any I've had a a Piscean experience. It's been related to, you know, surrendering to the process and the current and the flow of my life rather than trying to control things through my rational mind. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes you'll see what, what look like quote unquote mistakes come up, but it's really like a divine course correction. I feel like that's part of the Piscean energy as well. Um, Just being able to see that, you know, if we allow the, you know, allow ourselves to be guided. That's really kind of the yin energy is allowing ourselves to be guiding, guided rather than forcing the issue. Which brings me to my next kind of, you know, little oasis here. You can see that we have the conjunction of Venus and Jupiter. This is on March 2nd. Now this okay. could be really interesting if not for one particular challenge. So in in the midst of a Venus-Jupiter conjunction, which generally should be something pretty positive, and it, and it might be positive. It might be something in the Aries area of your chart at 12 degrees Aries that is you know, a very uh, nice, beautiful manifestation of, of your new sense of self, but may also be temporary. And I would say that I wouldn't build your life around what happens around this period of time, because we have a condition in this chart where we have we see a, a Hellenistic void of course moon that starts on March the first and goes all the way to March the third, and that's a, a a much more rare condition than the modern interpretation of the void of course moon. Uh, I believe this is the moon that is not making any aspects for an entire thirty degrees across sign boundaries, whereas the modern interpretation would be I think it would reset as we go into a new sign, which makes it a lot more common. Um, so. <laughs> what should we do with this Venus-Jupiter conjunction in the void of course moon time, Tanya?
1: Well, it looks like Stephen the Jupiterian is going to be celebrating his birthday. So mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a good thing to do is just have a have a nice party. Like that's a good yeah. energy for that. It's to just like have something where it's like you just you're toasting it up and there's like a celebration and like maybe you're not like building, you know, the next phase of your empire, but you definitely can kind of acknowledge that this is a beautiful point in the cycle. And like, it doesn't have to last forever. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, But I think that that's something that would be really good. So happy, happy upcoming birthday. And uh, yeah, I think that that's something where it's like, you know, it's a, you know, it's, it's a treat. Like, I feel like when the benefics come together, there's always kind of like this really like, it can make kind of like a nice, like some place in your life is going to really flow like a little bit. Like there may be other things where it's kind of a mess and it might not last, but there'll be like kind of a nice little moment where it's like, ah, like, you know, you can exhale a little bit and there's going to be something that's like a nice, like a nice treat that day.
0: Mm. Yeah, Treat just, yourself. I think also just be careful with, with <laughs> Venus moving through Aries as well, just because Venus is the energy of receptivity often although it does have a morning star phase and we can debate yeah. that you know but generally when mars is in aries a mars ruled sign we tend to pursue things that we'd be better off allowing to come to us so mm-hmm. i think that it you have to be careful of being overly pursuant of your desires around this period of time cuz that could blow up into something much bigger you have to like take away my Amazon like membership like <laughs> access during this time. So that not you're, just like, you're
1: denied no more yeah. no more hoodies.
0: No more hoodies around this period of time. Um so yeah, just en- enjoy whatever comes up without trying to overdo it. Uh mm-hmm. and and don't I would say don't build your entire life around what comes up around this period of time because It might be something that's a little bit more temporary, and it might not be able to take root because of the void, of course, with the moon as well. All right, so let's see if there's anything else that we need to look at in the chart. Let's, Tanya, let's go to the full moon. What do you say? All righty. So we're going to just take this forward to the full moon and give you a little bit of insight potentially into what the fruition of this cycle might be looking like. So this is, what's the date on there, Tanya? Let me see here. 20, so, March 7th. Okay, so on March 7th, and I just had the one of the screens was in the way there, sorry. Um, on March the 7th, we're going to see an opposition of the sun and the moon and the fruiting of this particular new moon cycle. Now, this is a really important day astrologically for a number of reasons. Yes, we have a full moon, but we also have the day that Saturn is going to move into Pisces. So you can see that Saturn's at the very last degrees of Aquarius here uh, and about to move into Pisces. We have we also have Mercury has already moved into Pisces, which is hosting this full moon. So already we're dealing with a state of potential So, so much Pisces. Yes, maybe we'll confusion. mercury and pisces maybe we're you know feeling a lot more metaphorical figurative language wise or or we're Mm -hmm. wanting to escape our current realities but that pisces or that sorry that that virgo moon is going to try to ground us in some kind of reality and ground us in some kind of uh, detail uh really show us the what is necessary to bring our dream into form. I really think mm-hmm. that that second decan of Pisces, which is related to the nine of pentacles in the decanic system, is really about infusing spirit into matter. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so the, this might be the fruition of that dream. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I think it's important to check all the details twice with this one. What do you see in here with this full moon here?
1: Yeah, I, I love what you just said there. But I would also say that when I see um, a configuration like this and you've got this this virgo moon that's just trying so hard to like bring details and bring kind of this concreteness in but it's being provided for by that like double detrimented mercury like mercury right. just struggles so much in pisces and also having neptune there kind of adds this other element of this like just like hazy like it's confusing it's this fog like where it's like what's even what's real what's happening and so like there's going to be that drive to like get those details right but it's it's going to be an uphill battle I think like you know what the moon is the materials that the moon has to work with is going to be very Pisceany, like very like muddy, where it's just like, oh, like what what's it all mean? Like, where's my keys? Where's my shoe? Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> we do have a trine between the Moon and Uranus, though, so maybe there's some some innovation. So,
1: yeah, and maybe yes, yeah, like that's the thing. There may be a surprising outcome. Like the the thing about like Pisces with uh, Mercury in it to me is like, yes, it's like this is kind of a uniquely challenging situation for a planet because it's it's both it's you know it's fall and and detriment so it's just like it's really challenged but also like you see people with this placement who are like who are poets who are artists like so it can provide this really kind of unusual perspective so it'll be a really unconventional kind of thing where it's like you're seeing things and it's like it's you're going to just be looking at things in a way that like other people wouldn't Like, and it's going to go at its own speed. It's going to come to its own conclusions, but that can be really fertile too. So it's not just all bad. Like, it's definitely a situation where it's like, it can be challenging. Like if you're trying to like do your taxes maybe, but it could also be a really amazing time for kind of inspiration or like some kind of really unconventional view on something just coming to light in an interesting way. Taxes
0: is interesting, isn't it? Like we're going to be heading into tax season with a Mercury in Pisces under the beams of the sun, which is mm-hmm. another challenging position for Mercury. Mm-hmm. And Tarya was was kind of echoing what you were saying, Tanya, about seeing things from another perspective when a planet is in exile or fall, and which definitely, I agree with. Like definitely. It's, you know, traditionally, you know, they would talk about the, that planet not being able to do things in the way that would be socially acceptable. So maybe you just have a completely different way of doing something and if that works for you, then that's great. It, sometimes that can be very fertile, like you're saying. Sometimes it can make things extra challenging if you're trying to do things in a way that's completely outside of the normal way of doing something. Um, yeah, I think that... Oof, what, what, when, when is it safe to do our taxes again, Tanya? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the question I have here. Oh man. the
2: tax due date? 15th? Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah, something
1: like that. I mean, so, I think like... Let's just see. just take your you know okay take here. your time.
0: I've got it. I've got a day check, for you. Check it
1: once, check it twice.
0: You've got oh no shit. So that's during the void, of course, moon. <laughs> well, you're screwed. Uh we're all screwed here. So I think that let's see, when is Mercury I mean, moving
1: um, American taxes are like Intensely confusing, like <laughs> almost, almost intentionally, like willfully obtuse. Like so it's we'll like, what are your taxes? Kazimi, it's a surprise.
0: Well, the Kazemi <laughs> of Mercury and Pisces on the seventeenth, March seventeenth, and then mm-hmm. Mercury moves into Aries on March nineteenth. I think you're probably safe to go do your taxes, <laughs> like March nineteenth or so. Although that's cutting it pretty close to the deadline. Yeah. So gather, you know.
1: gather your materials. What I'll say is, check it twice.
0: Mercury in Pisces is amazing for poetry and art. Is it amazing for doing your taxes? Probably not. Check things twice. Make sure that you have someone look at it. Like, check all the details because it could be really easy to miss something that might cause a headache later on.
1: Do you have a friend who's a Virgo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, everyone send your taxes to Lynn over here. Our That's resident right. Virgo. <laughs> Never That's look right. at them. Um, all right. Anything else that we're seeing it that we're missing here? I think we've we've pretty much gotten a good um, gotten a good overview. Would you say? Ooh. Okay, Tanya, let's wrap this thing up. We All have right. gone on a journey. We've gone down into the labyrinth. We've gone <laughs> into the <laughs> we've, matrix.
1: We've flown through the matrix.
0: <laughs> we <laughs>
1: we've wallowed in the bog of stench.
0: <laughs> oh God, the eternal stench! Goodness, so. I do have some final divination for all of you today. We, as we do, we pull a, an I Ching reading for the, the lunation and an animal. So I got the I Ching reading I got was number 32, which translates to endurance, constancy, perseverance, um, long lasting. And line number two is the only changing line that changes us to hexagram number 62. So we'll talk about that in a second. But line number two says regrets vanish. So this is, that's it. Regrets vanish. So <laughs>
2: there, we there we go. That's, we did it, guys. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: so so uh, this, this changing line speaks to maintaining equilibrium, avoiding extremes, doing just enough using just enough force to be able to move something in the right direction, which feels very Piscean to me, right? Where it's, mm-hmm. we don't want to force the issue. We don't want to sw- swim against the current. We're doing just enough to keep things going so we can get to the spring equinox and the new blooming of the seed above ground or something of that nature. So try not to, to do too much. Don't, don't try too hard or push it. Um, perseverance demands inner strength. This is, I think one of the, the great gifts of Pisces is this, if you've known a Piscean in your life, My goodness, they have an emotional strength uh, when called upon, when in the right Mm -hmm. situation, um, Mm -hmm. that is really remarkable. And they can be very self-sacrificing for the right cause and really can power you through to the other side. So draw upon that inner strength. Try to stay calm and wait for the spring. Apply just enough force to move things forward. And then that leads us to hexagram number 62, Tanya, where it's called exceeding smallness, conscientiousness keeping a low profile, reigning in your ambitions, paying attention to the details, a bird that flies close to the ground rather than flying too high where they can lose their song. So thoughts and reflections on that, that hexagram reading, the I Ching reading that we have here, anything that's popping up for you?
1: I mean, I think the, the thing about all those things is that to me, it, it's always kind of about balance. That it's like, it feels like the I Ching is always just like, hey, the middle path, guys, you know, what's super cool, not getting too high, not getting too low, you know, what's super great going with the flow, yeah. and which I think is a, always a really great kind of message, especially around this time of year, like to just kind of like, put down some of the sticks and like, you know, take some time to kind of like, go within and to kind of like, try and find that balance in yourself.
0: Yeah. We've got some really interesting comments here, Tanya, about sending your taxes to your Virgo friends. Oh yeah, <laughs> I send my taxes to my Virgo stepmom <laughs> to look at. <laughs> like, it's so a good yes, friend. a good. That's a good. Uh, oh. Good point. And also, six, pla- da- six planets in Virgo. That's <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Also, wow. da- Darren or D, our resident Piscean son <laughs> here, here, uh, says we can be very self-sacrificing for the wrong cause yeah. as well. So yes, make sure that the cause is worthy if you are. Yeah, you're that's a great point. To, go through something that requires that inner strength and that, and that sacrifice, because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oftentimes we can fall prey to people who would take advantage of us because of our sensitivity. If you have Piscean mm-hmm. placements. Yeah. Um, choose,
1: choose your battles wisely. Choose your <laughs> choose your
0: friends wisely. Lynn says, I can write a nice poem for you about taxes or a <laughs> letter to the IRS about why you didn't file. <laughs> there we go. <laughs>
1: Will the IRS accept this interpretive dance? <laughs>
0: As the world that's, comes see, down. See,
1: that's that would be that'd be me doing my taxes I'd just be like, um here. Hang on a second. And it's like someone like screaming in the background and like playing the bongo drums while well, I'm just you like, this is how de- I feel about my taxes.
0: <laughs> something from line number sixty-three <laughs> to file in time. <laughs>
1: that's right. There we go. All right. But so on, the... on my uh, my cod piece. <laughs>
0: or have that little ball that he that oh, wasn't yeah, actually yeah, this, his hand like contact right? juggling it's this called contact ball. juggling where he like out he'd have like the, like, like the crystal and he's like whoo, 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 i'm gonna drop this and it's gonna no too- one knows
1: what we're talking <laughs> about we gotta we gotta keep it moving
0: you gotta watch the labyrinth okay
1: <laughs> someone was saying that we should have like a watch party we should have a labyrinth, labyrinth watch fun. party at some point
0: i would i would very much enjoy that that would be very fun okay so the animal that we got for this lunation was the bee um and the bee in the research that uh, comes out of this exploration talks about um, accomplishing an impressive task. They, they, they are very um, productive little creatures. It talks about fertility, productivity, but also the, the danger of becoming too busy. Um, it, it encouraged us to stop and rest. And, you know, or conversely, if we've been procrastinating to get moving. Um, bees are very organized, and sometimes we have to stop and enjoy the fruits of our labors. Maybe that's the Venus Jupiter, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in in Aries conjunction. Maybe just a little, enjoying yourself, right?
1: Little moment of sweetness. Do
0: you have any the, bee eat, facts eat for some, us?
1: Eat some honey out of the jar. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this. I had the the pleasure of going to visit um someone who keeps bees a little while ago in the before times, back when I did such things. And it's just they're amazing little creatures. Like they they devote their whole lives to this one very specific task. And I think it's, it kind of goes back to that, like pick your battles where it's just like the amazing thing about bees is that they're just so focused. They're focused on like the care of their hive. They're focused on gathering the the pollen and making honey and like a single bee, like they work their whole life and they make this like teeny amount of honey, but it's that teeny amount of honey. That's going to like sustain their hive and provide this sweetness and nourishment. That's going to last their, their colony through the winter. Um, and it's interesting, too, when you think about how um, queens are made, they're they're fed a specific type of food that like transforms them into like this fertile being, like the only member of the entire hive that is fertile. And so it's like you have to think about what you're nourishing yourself with. Like mm-hmm. this is a time when it's like if you're feeding yourself on kind of nourishing beautiful, strengthening things, um, you can kind of have that fertility come to flourish in yourself. And I think that that's something that's so important too.
0: Maybe that's a good symbol for us, Tanya, to get, get moving on our poll- pollinator habitat plans. That's right. right. That's right. We've got a friend here from Portland, Katie, who does um pollinator garden uh stuff and makes some really amazing uh home crafted products as well. So Love it. um Katie, we'll be we'll be getting in contact with you. Give us give us some <laughs> good advice on the uh pollinator look, habitat plans.
1: Look for our communication. <laughs> yeah. All oh, right. yes. And, and Lynn's saying that bees communicate through interpretive dance, which they do. <laughs> there you go. They talk by dancing. And that's how we're all going to do our taxes. So, everybody
0: recreate the labyrinth ballroom scene. Do an interpretive that's right. dance.
2: That's
1: right.
0: Get your own David Bowie cod pieces and tights and, and <laughs> Tina Turner hair uh, with your little party mask, and you'll be ready. That's right.
1: That's right.
0: All right. We've gone on quite a journey today, Tanya. My I, I would call you my friend, but I'll call you my love for this one here today. <laughs> so, so romantic. Well, thank you, my love. <laughs> uh so thank you, friends, for joining us here today. Um, do you have anything else you want to direct people towards, Tanya, to to support you or whatnot?
1: No, just I would say sign up for my mailing list, check out my offerings. Um And just, yeah, get in touch with me. If you have questions, I love talking about what I do and I'm really looking forward to making some custom blends for people or connecting people with ways that they can make, make their own magic in their lives.
0: Nice. And follow Tanya at, uh, at third coast mojo on Instagram or at Mm -hmm. Tanya Andrews with a J and Mm -hmm. sign up for her mailing list. She's got a lot of really good stuff going on. She's very talented at what she does. I'm, I am biased, but I think that, uh, many people who have come across her work and her in the out in the world would say the same so friends uh do me a favor before you leave today please hit the like button on this video subscribe if you haven't already and um try to take a break you know just uh you know maybe this is the permission that you need to just relax and not force the river there'll be plenty of times for you know going off and grinding away but pisces season Take take a little bit of chill pill, like go watch a movie, go watch David Bowie in the Labyrinth, go throw have a on dance the party. Matrix, have a dance party, have some some honey or some royal jelly or something, and and become your own Queen Bee, right? All right. Well, friends, that is what I have for you today. It's been so wonderful sharing space with you, Tanya. Um, and it has been wonderful sharing this time with all of you friends. So remember just to be kind to one another, be kind to yourself, uh try to avoid some of the major conflicts out there in the world if you can, and um, you know kindness is always a great way to to carry yourself throughout the world uh, oftentimes things can be resolved just through appreciating one another and having gratitude. so that's what I've got for you today, friends. Uh, we will see you the next time. all right, take care everybody.
1: Thanks you bye.